So this is part three of the uh, identity mission series that I'm doing. Uh, how many of you were not able to listen to part one and part two? Okay, okay, don't worry, don't worry, okay? Uh, I encourage you to, to, to watch the, the homily. Uh, the first one I gave four Sundays ago, and the title of that homily is called Secured Identity, where I explain Jesus needs to be baptized first before he does his mission. He needs his humanity, needs to experience the love of the Father so that he will be secure in his identity as a beloved son. Okay? And uh, the second uh, part, uh, part two, uh, I gave two Sundays ago, and uh, it's called Empowered Mission. Okay? Where we know after baptism of Jesus, Jesus was baptized, uh, was tempted in the desert. And he was being uh, tempted to doubt God's love. And we know he was able to say no to temptation, say no to sin, and was able to say yes to God's will. And he grew in that intimacy. And, in, and after the temptation in the desert, it says in Scripture, he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that he started his mission. But that mission is not just for himself. He co mission all his disciples, and that includes all of us. Co-mission means the Lord is asking us to partner with his mission to make disciples of all nations. Okay? And as of course Jesus is our model, we also need to experience the love of the Father so that we would grow in our identity as beloved sons and daughters of God. Okay? And as we say no to sin, and as we say yes to God, we grow in that intimacy. And we experience the power of the Holy Spirit in us. In Scripture, it says the Holy Spirit is given, not just in baptism and confirmation, but to those who obey Him. Whenever we obey, we experience a mini Pentecost to give us that power to do the mission that God has called us to do. So we have the capacity. Okay? Now, I'd like to ask you this question. How many of you would like to see the mission that God has called us to you to do to be very fruitful? Raise your hand. Okay. Maybe those who are not raising their hands, maybe they're already satisfied with the fruitfulness of the mission. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll share with you how. How to make our mission fruitful. But first, let's go to our gospel story today. Jesus was preaching to the crowd. He went to the boat of Peter, and uh, because at that time, there's no microphone. There's a big crowd. There's no microphone. So Jesus used uh, the, the water to carry the sound waves as an amplifier. Okay, so after preaching, Jesus told Peter, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Jesus, the expert fisherman, said this, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Nothing. All night. Nothing. Okay? 
But I'm glad the attitude of Peter was not, hey, I'm the expert here. I'm the expert fisherman, okay? You don't need to tell me what to do. Stick on your preaching. That's your expertise. But I'm expert as a fisherman. I'm glad that was not the attitude of Peter. What was his attitude? He said, yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. You see here, the humility of Peter and also the obedience. And by his obedience, by obeying the command of Jesus, they, it says in Scripture, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. It was a miracle. They witnessed a miracle. Okay? And I was wondering what really happened there. And I have a theory to share with you. I could be wrong. Okay? What is my theory? This theory came when, when I remembered St. Francis. Saint Fra- Do you know St. Francis? St. Francis has this great love for animals. That's why on the feast day of St. Francis, we would bless animals. I remember the story when St. Francis was traveling with his brothers to go to Italy. He saw, he witnessed uh, lots of birds coming to him. And they were kind of waiting and expecting uh, from him something. And St. Francis was inspired by the Holy Spirit to preach a sermon about God's love for them. So that's the theory that I got. When Jesus was preaching to the crowd, the fish were there. They were listening. They were eagerly listening to the preaching of Jesus because if St. Francis could do that, Jesus could do that too. Right? So, of course, Jesus knows there's a lot of fish there listening to him. That's why Jesus told him, put out into the deep. And there, it says, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. Now, after what happened there, Jesus reali- uh, Peter realized that this man before him is no ordinary man. He's before someone who is divine. Because nobody could do that kind of miracle. No human being could ever do that miracle. That's why when he said there, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. This echoes our first reading today. When Isaiah saw the Lord seating on his throne, what did did Isaiah say in Isaiah chapter 6? Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. It also echoes our second reading today from the, fir- uh, from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians chapter 15 when St. Paul said, I am not fitted to be an apostle because I have persecuted the Christians. Okay? You see here the humility? The humility of Isaiah, the humility of St. Paul, the humility of St. Peter. But Jesus told Peter, do not be afraid. From now on, you will become fishers of men. What was Jesus telling here? Jesus was telling him that despite your brokenness, despite your sinfulness, despite your imperfections, 
It's not a hindrance. It's not a hindrance. As long, as long as you abide in me. In John chapter 15, uh, verse 5, Jesus said there, Whoever abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Okay? John 15, verse 5. He also says in uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 19 to 20, St. Paul wrote there, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Okay? So just like St. Paul, we need to crucify our selfishness, our pride, our self-centeredness, our self-will, our self-reliance. And as we crucify that, the Lord will be more in us. We could therefore say with St. Paul, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. If Christ lives in you, therefore, you're able to do what Jesus did. Proclaim the gospel, seek conversion. Heal the sick, sick are getting healed. Expelling demons, raising the dead back to life. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And this is a process all of us have to go through. I'm, I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm far away from this. Every day, we have to crucify what is not of the Lord so that the Lord will be more in us. Okay? Uh, so, so, it's, uh, so it's not a hindrance for us to be called fishers of men. So I'll give you three keys to be fruitful in your mission. I've already shared the first one, which is humility. There's different uh, definition of what humility is. But my favorite one is this, and it's easy to remember. Humility is knowing who God is and knowing who we are. Knowing that He is God and we are not God. That's humility, okay? And, and also acknowledging that we're broken, that we have our sinfulness, that we have our weaknesses, our imperfections. That's why we can't rely on ourselves. We can't rely on ourselves to do this mission. We can't rely on ourselves, okay? The, the second one is faith, okay? Faith. Faith is also believing. Faith is also trusting. Believing in what? Having faith in what? Having faith in the love of God in our lives so that we would grow in our identity as beloved sons and daughters of God so that we won't find our identity as in our mission. We're secure in our identity. Okay? Be believing also that Jesus has called you and has chosen you to do this mission. And he works with you, in you, 
and through you, this mission. We're not left alone to do this mission. The Lord works in us, through us, and with us. Okay? So, also, believing, having faith that the Lord has given us that power. Power to do the mission. Okay? So, uh, you know, j- j- just like, uh, as I've said, you know, as we grow in our obedience, we would experience more and more of the power that the Lord has called us uh, to do. The third one is docility uh, to the Holy Spirit. Just, you know, the, the, we, the Holy Spirit is the power, okay? It's the engine. It's what drives the car, okay? So without this engine, you will be driving the car of Flintstones. You know Flintstones? Okay, it's the Stone Age, right? <laughs> the car with wood and or whatever, like, it's like that. Without any engine, okay? That's why we need, we need the power from the Holy Spirit. And when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you're like driving a Tesla. Maybe some of you here are already driving Tesla, right? There's power in that. Okay? And, and we see the example in the life of Jesus, in the life of Mary, in the life of the disciples in the early church. We saw that clearly when St. Peter, our first pope, preached his very first sermon. He was filled by the power of the Holy Spirit that when he preached, 3,000 converted. Okay? So we see here the good example. And the, we need, that's why it's very important that we need to be docile to the Holy Spirit. Whenever we're sharing our testimony, whenever when, when we're counseling our loved ones or other people, whenever we're um, having like uh, evangelization tools like Alpha or New Life Retreat, you need to be docile to the Holy Spirit. Because if you are not being led by the Holy Spirit, it's just a waste of time. You're not going to see conversion happen. You're not going to see fruit in the mission that God has called us to do. Okay? So, we're all called. We're all called. Priests, religious, lay people. We're all called to be fishers of men. Okay? And uh, despite our weaknesses, despite our brokenness, despite our sinfulness, imperfections, it's not a hindrance. Okay? That's why for us, we always need to go fishing. And fishing should not be a hobby. You know, whenever you do a hobby, you do it when you like it. You don't do it when you don't like it. No. Fishing should be a lifestyle. Fishing should be a way of life. Are we doing that? We have to ask ourselves. And there are different ways of fishing, okay? Some would, use, would cast a net to catch many fish, but some would just use a fishing rod, and they would just catch one fish at a time. And that's what we're called to do, okay? Whether you're evangelizing a big crowd or you're evangelizing just one person at a time, 
And don't think that because you're just evangelizing one person at a time, it doesn't make a difference. It makes a big difference. Okay? Because as we experience the love of the Father, I hope we get the Father's heart. And what's the Father's heart? It is all about saving souls because He loves us so much. That's why we need to pray. We need to pray for the Father's heart, for the sacred heart of Jesus, for the immaculate heart of Mary. Their hearts are all about saving souls. That's why we can't be selfish thinking that, oh, my goal is just save myself. No. We need to make a goal of saving as many souls as possible. Okay? So, as I've said, practice these three. Humility, knowing your weaknesses, that's why you can't rely on yourself. Believing in God's power, that's why you need to rely on Him. And you need to be docile to the leading of the Holy Spirit. When you, don't, when you do these three, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, your mission will be fine.